Welcome to the New Books Network. And we're live. Hi. Ariel Bernstein. Yes. Hi, Mel. It's so absolutely incredibly wonderful to have you uh, on the show. Um, I've been trying for years to catch your attention. Um, oh. Yes, you know, um, I showed you my red balloon. Didn't help. And I you showed, showed you what? I showed you my red balloon. It didn't work. And I showed oh. you my, <laughs> my sock with a star in a perfect hole. Um, but, you know, if you're, if you're persistent, then uh, good things happen. That's uh, true. Yeah. And we're going to talk about your persistence because I think you are one of the most incredible picture book authors out there. Oh, and, thank you. And I'm dying to know how it happened. So um, I've, uh, you know, I was so uh, excited to say hello. I forgot to tell everybody that I'm Mel Rosenberg and I'm the host of the Children's Literature Channel of the New Books Network. And we are coming to you live from Tel Aviv and somewhere in the Eastern United States. And our guest is the wonderful picture and chapter book author, Ariel Bernstein. That's almost a Israeli sounding name. If I call you Ariel by accident, it's because I have a granddaughter named Ariel. Um, oh, you do? Oh, yeah. Uh, which is, it would be a good reason to get your books published in Hebrew in the Holy yes. Land. Yes, hopefully then, one day. <laughs> yeah, uh, God willing, as they say. Yeah. So so um, we're here to celebrate your uh, recent book, and I mean really recent. Yes. Uh, so why don't, uh, why don't you go first? Oh, okay. I see what you did there. Yes. <laughs> So this is um, my recent book. It just came out June 13th. Um, you Go First is the second book I have with illustrator Mark Rosenthal. Um, I just am in love with his work. I think he's he's so talented. I have to say, I just feel like I've had the best luck with illustrators. Um, uh he he just has like these little details, little, little nuances um, that every time I look at this book, it just makes me smile looking at his art. Uh, so I just feel really lucky um, to have these two books with him. We actually have a third coming out, I think, next year. Um, so that's pretty cool. And it's about Kat and Duck, two very good friends who go to the playground and they're expecting to go on their usual slide, which they love. But there's a new slide and it's, and look at this slide that he drew. My goodness, <laughs> he captured it so, so perfectly. Um, it's big and it's curvy and Duck is like, whoa, she's so excited to see this big curvy slide. And Cat has a little bit of a different um, attitude towards this big curvy new slide, but uh, he doesn't really want to come out and say it right away. And so he tries to um, suggest alternatives to, to cat and uh, to duck and uh, cat tries to, you know, prolong <laughs> them actually getting on the slide. And it becomes very clear, especially through the art that cat is a little scaredy cat with this big new slide. And one of the details that I love, let me see if I look at this. So you have scaredy cat and he's got a lion on his shirt. I love you have this brave lion on the scaredy cat shirt, which I just thought was the coolest oh, detail. Don't close the book. Re- oh. Read us. Read us some of it. Oh, you Not want me to read you some of, of it? Of course. Sure. And show pictures oh. and mention the author and the editor and the publisher and the illustrator. Yeah. So this is Simon Schuster, 
Paula Wiseman um, books in print. And so it's interesting. It's actually Sylvie Frank who bought um, my first three picture books. She acquired this book. And then after she got Mark Rosenthal on board, she left for, um, she's an editor now at Disney Publishing. And Catherine Ledown came over, I think from a different imprint at Simon & Schuster. And she took over working on this. But by the time she took over, um, I think it was already in Mark's hands. So I didn't really work with her. Um, I don't think the text was really changed at all. So um, I, yeah, I, it's funny. <laughs> Sylvie bought it but and, and got Mark on board. And then uh, Catherine took over. And so now I've been, whenever something comes up, like a review or something, I hear from Catherine, you know, very cool news. Um, but I'll start reading a bit. Sure. So Kat, what? Yes, no. go ahead. Okay. You, Kat you go Duck. first. Yes, thank you. Cat and Duck, two very good friends, arrived at the playground. They wanted to go on the slide. I love the slide. Me too. As you can see, I don't like to use dialogue tags a lot, which um, Mark has been great about because I realize, I realize kind of later it actually makes it a lot harder for an illustrator <laughs> when you don't use dialogue tags. Um, so I was very lucky that he ended up being okay with that. But something was different. It's a new slide. It is a new slide. So you can already see their expressions. Very different. I, I love I love that tiny nod to uh, Mo Willems there. Oh, I don't what nod. Oh, I'll tell you later. I, oh, I okay. I, I love your writing. I love it. I love it. Oh, thank you. The slide was bigger. So exciting. Too exciting. The slide was curvier. More fun. Too much fun? Who says too much fun? I think something's going on with Cat. The most fun. Let's go. Cat, a very good friend, wanted to make sure Duck had considered all options. I love this. I love the way there's this direct dialogue. Yeah. And then and then the text. That's that. Thank you. It's brilliant. Duck, do you want to go on the swings first or the sand or in the sandbox? The sand is looking very sandy today. And that's my nod to parents, because if you've ever taken a kid to a sandbox, there are some that do not look that sandy. <laughs> Ariel, don't read the whole book. I don't want to get into trouble oh, with, okay. the with the publisher. Just uh, one more. No, I'll page. leave it there. Okay. Read one more page. Oh, okay. we, won't, we won't get into trouble. You're the author. All righty. And I love your writing. Look at Duck. She knows what she wants. No, Cat. I want to go on the slide first. There you go. Yeah. And so, so um, they, they're very, they have very different reactions, but uh, they're still very good friends. So it um. You yeah. um, you have published with the best. You have multiple won multiple awards and deservedly so. Oh, um, thank you. And I love this banter. I'm a big fan of your writing. Um, tell us how it happened. Start at the beginning. <laughs> how did it happen? I mean, I've I've loved creative writing since I think like junior high, just from great English teachers who, you know, got the whole class excited. And um, I was an okay student. I wasn't like a straight A student at all, but when it came to creative writing, I would get really good grades and I would enjoy it. 
And I would think, oh, that's different because <laughs> usually to get great grades, I had to work like really hard and I didn't enjoy it so much. So I always thought, you know, um, creative writing was really cool like that <laughs> because I just love the process of it. And, you know, of course, just great English teachers make all the difference. Um, and then I just, you know, did it kind of as a hobby for a long time. One um, second. Hold on. Hold on. Yeah. We're getting ahead of ourselves. You didn't talk about your babyhood, your childhood. Oh. Um, you know, my theory that us children's books writers, children book writers are stuck at the age we write to. Okay. We really write to ourselves. That's my theory. Um, so are are you stuck at the age of five? At the age of five? Well, you could be stuck at the age question. of four. You've written chapter books. So you could be stuck at the age of six and a half or seven. I would say six. My guess is I, I'd be stuck at the age of six. Um, where you're still figuring a lot out, but you've got a bit more independent. You feel like you can do this and that. Um, but the adult world is still like a weird mystery. <laughs> um, you know, growing up, my parents, uh, books were big, Shel Silverstein, Marie Sendak, Beverly Cleary. Um, I could walk to the public library. And so, you know, I was there all the time checking out books, would just carry them back home. Um, I don't know, it was maybe like five or six blocks away. So it was very convenient. And I just, I always thought like, it'd be the coolest thing to be like Beverly clearly and have that kind of a life. But I thought, I just thought it did, you know, it was kind of like a pipe dream. Like it very, no, but what, so this, was a pipe, this was a pipe dream you had at what age? Well, when I was reading her books, when I was, you know, like seven or eight. And I just, because at that point, you know, you had these greats in children's literature, but it wasn't, it it hadn't exploded yet. You know, it wasn't like you could look and be like, oh, you know, there's that children book author or like, I love that one. Or, you know, you see everyone, you know, see so many more people represented in books and as children book creators. So it still seemed kind of very, um, it just seemed like it'd be incredibly, and it still is difficult, but you know, there's, there's a lot more opportunities now in children's literature than there was um, when I was a kid. So I just never even thought of it as a possibility um, that it could possibly happen. Um, and so when I actually started writing later, um, you know, there's SCBWI and everything. It's now, now you're getting ahead. Now you're getting ahead. Oh, of sorry. <laughs> We're, we're now, that's my job, you know, yeah. I'm your traffic cop. So um, take us now. So you've written in high school and you love writing and you have a pipe dream since the age of seven, which I rarely hear mm -hmm. from authors that like at the age of seven, like I grew up on, on the Ludwig uh, Bemelmans and Madeline and I never thought of writing in Madeline. So you had this pipe dream from the age of seven. Yeah. And then you, be, you started writing in high school. Did you write for, for young children? No, I wrote um, to my age group. You okay. know, I wrote to like myself. <laughs> you know, as a teenager, you're very, you know, self-focused, I guess is the way to put it. Which, um, which, is, which is okay. Yeah. Um, and after high school? 
after high school, I kind of, I didn't take it so seriously. I wasn't quite as focused on it. I definitely lost, uh, you know, every once in a while I'd write like a short story or something. Um, but I, I definitely, I was not, um, I didn't think of, <clears throat> excuse me. I didn't think about writing as much as I used to when I was younger, when I was before I pre kids, I didn't think of, uh, you know, what authors did or, or that kind of world very much. Okay. But uh, what did you study before you had kids? Anything? Um, well, in college, I studied history and then I worked, um, first as a paralegal and then in human resources and, you know, just, I lived in New York city and, uh, Manhattan and then Brooklyn. I was just kind of focused on living my life <laughs> and, you know, I don't think I really had any big pipe dreams at that point. I was just kind of uh, happy being there. And uh, my 20s, I had I had a good time in my 20s, just just, you know, figuring out my independence and just enjoying having a job and all that stuff. Uh, and uh, and then what happened? And then um, got married uh, to my wonderful husband and we had uh, two children. And so, of course, I. I uh, went back into the children's book world and realized like, wow, there are a lot of options <laughs> that weren't there when I was a kid. I mean, we got some of the classics, but I absolutely love going to the bookstore and the library. It just seemed like um, there were just so many cool books out there that I hadn't been aware of. And I just kind of fell in love with reading them to my kids and can, just, can, you know. Can you name a few? Can I name a few? Well, one of the ones that had a big impact on me was Amy Dykeman's books. Um, uh, Boy and Bot was one of my uh, my son's favorites and it became one of my favorites too. And it, it was one of those books that made me think of, um, kind of inspired me to start thinking of my own uh, stories. And I started to write a bit and I realized I don't know what I'm doing because <laughs> like, I could see my what I've written and I would see the text in the picture books and it was quite different. And, you know, I just didn't know like how to figure out how to write picture books. And uh -huh. so I actually, I wrote Amy um, through her website because, and I first, the majority of it was about how much my son loved her books just because I wanted to. You're, you're so kind. Yeah. Well, I mean, well, it really that, made a difference. That, that's a, that's a yeah. very generous. Are you a generous person? That's so I hope kind so. of you. That's so kind I of so. you. I mean, okay, that was so the, the biggest thing at the time was just, I, you know, because you want your kids to love reading. And so when they get into certain books, it just like makes you you're so happy. And so most of the email was about that. And at the very end, I just started like, do you have any advice for someone, you know, interested in writing <laughs> children's books? And she was the sweetest. She wrote back this whole email. Um, you know, she said, definitely think about joining SCBWI, which I had never heard of until I wrote her. Um, and she sent him this thing of uh, little like uh, book goodies and stuff. It was, it was the coolest thing. So I will for, forever love her for that. Um, in addition to just it, uh, being such an admirer of her work. Um, and so I thought, oh, let me look into SCBWI. And I started online to get into that world. And I realized there's this whole 
book world on Twitter and Facebook. And um, I started just online meeting other writers, which was really cool. And, uh, you know, realized like something that's really helpful is critique partners. <laughs> and, um, and I ended up going to a conference in New York, which for me was like, picture book writing 101. Um, it was all this information I learned at that conference. What, that, this, was the, this was the New yeah. York meeting of SDBWI? Yes. What yes. year was that? That's a, I think it was 2015. I mm -hmm. see that's, I'm not good with dates. <laughs> I think it was 2015. Um, and I just learned so much in that one weekend. Um, and the thing is I've since kind of learned all the stuff I learned is online somewhere for free. So, you know, you don't have to go to these conferences. It was just helpful in learning it very quickly. You know, cause I didn't even know the basics. I was, I didn't know about, you know, expected word count or how important it is for like the kid like character to be the one to solve their own problems. All these basics that seem very common sense now. Um, I needed to learn that. Now, okay, but here's the incredible thing that um, I think that most writers suffer from and um, including me until I went to the SCBWI New York meeting in one year after you. Okay. And, and that was, uh, uh, oh, I'm a really good writer. Why am I not discovered? Why doesn't everybody know about me? What do, can anybody <laughs> teach me about writing a story for children? How simple can that be? <laughs> right? And then you have what we call the oive moment, right? Of, of, of realizing you don't write that well. But but <laughs> um, you you just said, that you knew that, that, that you have this self-awareness that most other authors don't have, that you were able to compare your text yeah. with, with your favorite children's books and mm -hmm. say, I'm not up to scratch and I don't know why. Yeah. Wow. That's incredible. I mean, it still happens. Like, you know, I, I'm very proud of myself in my writing, but I'll go to the library. I'm always looking. I want to see what's out. And, you know, I'll read books and I'll be like, this is incredible. I could not write this. You know, I want to understand how, you know, let me like study this because it's just um, a different kind of writing and like how they got that humor in there, how they got that twist ending. Um, it's, you know, it's just a constant learning. I don't think you ever stop because there's always just so many talented authors, so many that aren't even published. And it's like, why not learn from them and, you know, try to get better? Mm -hmm. Well, um, the chance of getting published as a children's author is less than one in a thousand. Yeah. How did you do it? Um, how did I, I, I mean, I, I mean, other than being a terrific writer, but thank you. <laughs> Um, how did I do? I took, I mean, it was really the lessons from that first conference, um, and really like thinking about them and learning about them. And I had the idea for, I have a balloon, um, and it was kind of applying them to when I started to write the text. Do you remember um, when you had the idea? I remember exactly when I had the idea. It was so <laughs> funny. Because I usually I don't always remember exactly, but I was at the conference and I was listening to Laura Vaccaro Seeger. I hope I've got her name right, the author illustrator. And you know, it's this big ballroom and everyone's listening yeah. and she's talking about her book green. 
Um, and it's one of those moments when you're in like a presentation where you're listening and you're engaged, but there's like a little part of you that's daydreaming a little bit. <laughs> and so I don't know, she's talking about green and for some reason I'm thinking of colors and I think of the color red and there's this image of like a red balloon pops into my head. And for some reason, I, 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 a red yeah. balloon pops into your head. Yeah. And I think immediately, um, and maybe it's because my kids were very small at the time, but I think of two characters who both want that balloon very badly. And I kind of jotted down my notes real quick. And then I went back to like 100% paying attention. And it wasn't, you know, I came back from the conference and I kind of had to decompress for a bit because it's a lot. It's like those conferences, it's like they're wonderful. But especially if you're kind of an introvert or something, it's like, you, you know, it's great socially to meet all these people in person, but I was just exhausted. So I took some time just to like decompress. And then I went back to my notebook where I wrote like notes throughout the whole thing. And I saw, you know, my notes on the balloon. I'm like, oh, maybe this could be like a story. Let me like think about all the stuff that I learned for how to actually write a book. And so I had all of that knowledge in my head when I started to try to figure out the story. And know? then, and then. And then I uh, queried agents, you know, I, I did as best I could to. Well, you didn't have a critique, you had a critique group, you had partners. Critique oh yeah, partners. I had a um, critique group and, you know, got feedback on it. And, you know, some of the feedback, you know, it's all very polite and nice, but it was because it's all dialogue. Some people didn't like that, you know, which was interesting, but it, it's good to hear. But I also just felt as an author, like, I think I think I want to try it all dialogue when I submit the when I query this, you know, I just want to see if an agent kind of gets it. Um, and I just I did as much research as I could on agents, which is um just what was online. Cause I didn't know anyone who was like represented by an agent to ask them about it. Um, and so I tried to look at interviews. I went to websites to see if they were even open to submissions to like just manuscripts. Cause there are some who, you know, want author illustrators and I, I queried it. Um, and my first agent, she got in touch and um, she said, I like this. Would you consider changing the very ending though? And I, like, I'm always about improving a manuscript. And so as long as I feel like it's making it better, I'm, I'm totally fine with revising. And so I was like, yeah, you know, I'll, I, I'll look at that. And I changed the ending. I was like, this is better. <laughs> that, was, that was a great suggestion. And she thought it's ready to, to be submitted. And I forget how long it took. It might've been a couple of months before we got an offer from Sylvie Frank at who, yeah. We go back. Yeah, go okay. Back. I skipped something. So, <laughs> you skipped, yeah, big time. Yeah. So uh, one of the reasons that I know that you're a very generous person is that you have shared your query letter. Oh, yes, with, yes. With, with, with the whole community, which is rarely done Yeah. By, by authors. And you want to tell me that you were picked up by the slush pile mm -hmm. out of nowhere by an agent. How exciting was that to get a um to get a yes? It was it was so exciting because you don't statistically, you know, it could never it might not happen or it could take a lot longer. Um so statistically it happens it happens a hundred years after you die statistically. Yeah. <laughs> Um, so that was just incredible. And, you know, that, that 
the agent like got the work and was excited about it. Um, it just, it meant the world. It was like, wow, this, um, it was a wonderful moment. And like, I still knew that such a great story. Yeah. And I, you know, you try not to get your hopes up too high, even at that moment, because you still don't know if an editor is going to uh, like it enough (laughs) or it's, you know, sometimes it's just timing. You never know what they're basing their decision on. Um, But I definitely got my hopes up a little. (laughs) You can't help it. And, and so uh, being on submission, uh, to editors is, it's very similar to being on submission. I think to agents, you just, you know, kind of hoping for the best and try not to check your email constantly, but it's a losing battle most (laughs) days. And, um, and then when we heard, you know, that Sylvie made an offer and, you know, I forget exactly what she wrote, but it was just so positive and kind. And I felt again, like she got it. Um, I was like, wow, this is, this is uh, a really special moment. Wow. And, and it is such a very special book. Um, one of my favorites. Oh, thank um, you. And, 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 well, you know, I'm a sucker for dialogue and you're right. Um, some agents and some editors don't like dialogue because it does raise issues with the, uh, what the book is going to look like. Um, yeah. But I love your dialogue. It, it it's a little borderline, almost snarky, like this this thing between the uh, the um, the owl and the and the monkey, right? Yeah. Um, and I expected you to have a little to be a little edgier than you are. You're just hundred percent nice. Do, okay. do, you have, do you have an edge? Who 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 are these I, characters? I can have an edge. I can have an edge. I think it's it's kind of one of those things. It's better to have it come out in my writing um, I, and, you know, have that side come out in my writing than I, in real I, life. I, I, Ariel, I love the, I love the, uh, I love the banter. I love the levels uh, where, you know, a, a parent can have as much fun as a kid reading it, uh, perhaps more. Um, I oh, have a balloon. I have a balloon. You have a balloon. Yes. <laughs> I have a you can you can read it in very funny voices and just kind of you know bring your own perspective and and also like um for me uh I'm going to uh, praise you until you blush and then we can move on um the the great thing when a writer successfully uses anthropomorphic uh characters is when when they become more human than human beings Right. And, and I think that's what you've done here. I love this oh. book. Um, and um, and also a sequel. So uh, when was it published? How many awards did you win? How many oh. printings has it gone through? Okay. I, so it was published in 2017. And I think it's on the fourth printing. Um, sometimes when I go to like a book festival, I'll check because they pro- they have like the most recent copies. Um, how many awards? I know the second one was a Bank Street Book of the Year, which was super cool. They were both uh, junior guild library selections. Um, the first book got two star awards, which was just like, oh, my God. Um, and... 
I mean, there, I think it some state lists, which is always like incredible because those really get to like the libraries and the schools and those are incredibly helpful. Um, yeah, I mean, I, I got some just really wonderful feedback once those, once those were published. While I have you, while I have you in discussion. Um, Oh, and I think the art for the first one was at uh, Scott Magoon's art. I think it was at the SCBWI art show or um, because his art is just spectacular. Yeah. Did did they show you the artwork? Did you have any say in it or were you just? um... Um, They they always show you um, the art before it gets finalized. Yeah, but yeah. they picked the they picked the wonderful illustrator and yeah. um, and well, I know this because it just happened to me and 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 the moment that you fall in love with the illustrator and the illustrations is a it's a wonderful moment. Um, and it, it it's so brilliantly done. Um, so I've been meaning to ask you for several years now. Mm-hmm. The ice cream at the end. The, oh, that, that was that that, that 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 twist. That was Scott Magood. That was a surprise to me so, as much as it surprised to readers. Okay, yeah. so what, what happened here? That, By the way, that often happens. Yeah. Um, there's a double spread in my book that I have no idea how it got there, but you know, it, it, yeah. it, but it, it kind of makes the book, right? Yeah, I mean, the, the half of the book belongs to the illustrator, so they're getting to tell the story too. But this is and... what is special about your writing is that you know that. Yeah. It's a scaffold. Yes. Beautiful. So what what happened at the end with the ice cream? How did that happen? It's just, I mean, my, the last line I think is I have a balloon. Um, It starts and ends with I have a balloon. And, um, and then when I saw the art, you know, I saw the lemur holding the ice cream cone. I was like, oh my God, that adds like a whole new layer to it. Like what's going to happen next? And I think it was almost that idea that made me think of there possibly being a sequel because there was an idea of like what happens next. I hadn't really thought of, you know, a sequel. And um, obviously the lemur and the ice cream are not (laughs) characters in the sequel. Um, I couldn't quite figure out how to fit that in. But um, yeah, it's just cool. I think when you write, when I write these manuscripts, I try not to visualize them too much because I know I don't ever want like a concrete idea of how it's going to look because it's got, it's not going to be how I think it will look. You know, I just want to be surprised. And I, I try to give my manuscript, like there's sometimes art notes if I feel like they're really important. And I've learned actually some editors actually like art notes. It's, it's very, you, you don't always know. <laughs> some editors like knowing like what's being shown um, and some editors don't like them at all. Um, but, and I always know if I put an art note, it might be taken out before being shown to the illustrator anyway. Um, but I try not to have many at all. And, you know, to know that the illustrator is really going to put their point of view in every page. And um, just, you know, you just hope for the best. And luckily, I've just been really lucky so far. And the I editors feel, know what they're doing by by pairing, you know, you did you together. A few words about this, the sequel, which is just as brilliant, in my opinion. Oh. Um, so uh, 
what happens to the balloon in the sequel? The balloon, I mean, you have a balloon, you're thinking it might get popped. <laughs> and where so is my balloon? Monkey, monkey's so happy that he finally gets to hold Al's balloon and unfortunately where does not treat balloon? it very well. It gets popped and, uh, you know, he has a little trouble admitting what happened. Um, and so again, he tries to think of all these other things that Al might, you know, think, pretend this is a balloon and that and a big red chair and, you know, and a, a parachute. A, a, and... a fire truck, if I remember correctly. Something yes, like a that. fire truck. I love that. <laughs> I love that spread. Um, that's the one when I read it out loud to kids. They love that one the most. Um, and it's really just about, you know, that everyone makes mistakes and it can be really, really hard to make them to admit to it. And, you know, you don't want to disappoint the people you love and care about. Um, and just it's a universal feeling because at the end you realize Al has made a mistake as well. And he, he has the same problem. <laughs> Um, and it's okay. And, you know, it's just, I kind of just want to show, um, it's, it's okay to make mistakes and it's okay to sometimes have trouble owning up, but it's always better to at some point be honest about it. And, uh, it's just a universal thing. This, uh, this interview has been full of, uh, tips for aspiring authors and also people who read children's books. Um, a little bit of the complexity of uh, how they are, how they are created. Yeah. Um, so uh, tell us now about your future projects. Um, is there going to be a a third uh, balloon book? Um, and what happens in the sequel to the uh, cat and duck? So you've 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 left your you've left you've left your owl and your monkey, and mm -hmm. you now have a cat and duck. Wh which do you like better? Which which is going to be starring in the next Ariel Bernstein series? Well, I think I think the Alan Monkey books are just a two book uh, thing, um, but I haven't yet. I honestly haven't thought of any other books for Cat and Duck. I definitely conceived it as just a one book story. Um, I love the characters. If I think of something, I would I would write it. Um, but my next book um, is about this girl Mabel, who is very happy being on her own and not having any friends. And she kind of accidentally makes a friend named rocks because he thinks that she's kind of being friendly and she's like, Oh, okay, I guess I'll be friends with him. And she realizes she really does like being friends with him. And then, um, she kind of in her antisocial way, <laughs> you know, makes a mistake. And instead of compromising or kind of realizing that he is feeling she's like yeah I'm fine again not having any friends and um and it's kind of her journey and discovery of you know how friendship can be really important and what it means to be a good friend and uh sometimes it takes a little work and so that's the next one that Mark is illustrating again that's wonderful there are new characters and so I don't even know I think I wrote the art note at the beginning they could be human or animals and I think they're animals, but I don't even know what animals. So it's just going to be a surprise to me. <laughs> That's uh, wonderful. Yeah, thank you. Um, so, and and we didn't talk about your your chapter book series. Um, I, I'm personally a picture book lover. Um, yeah. But uh, please go ahead and say a few words about your uh, chapter book uh, series with Mike Malbro. Yeah. Who kind, of, who kind of introduced us. Oh, 
Okay. So this is his awesome cover for our first book, Warren and Dragon 100 Friends. It's a four book series. It's about this kid, Warren, who has a dragon for a pet. And everyone sees dragon as um, like a stuffed animal. And but Warren knows that the dragon is real. And it actually came out of a failed picture book idea. I had this idea of a kid who was like scared to go to kindergarten and he has um, like a little toys, like a dragon, a witch and a pirate. And they're like, why are you scared to go to kindergarten? We're way scarier than anything else. Like take us to kindergarten and we'll show you. So he like puts them in his backpack and goes to kindergarten and the three characters get really scared at different instances. And they're like, oh my God, kindergarten's the scariest place ever. And the kid of course is like, yeah, it's not that bad. I'll go to again tomorrow. Um, so I like the concept, but in writing it, it just wasn't working so much. Um, but something about it made me think uh, it could work for older kids. Like I, I wasn't, it wasn't quite working like the, the word con- count constraints and stuff. It just felt older. But I thought, well, it's not really kindergarten if I make it older. Um, and so I thought maybe seven-year-old uh, second grade. And I'm like, let me just try. And it was one of those books. Um, it was hard because it was a lot longer than a picture book. But it was one of those things I really enjoyed writing. Um, and so, you know, I showed it to my agent and or I showed it to my critique partners first and got feedback. And then I showed it to my agent. She thought, oh, there's something here. And... So, and that's how that happened. And it's with um, uh, the editor, Tracy Gates at um, Viking of Penguin Random House. Yes, illustrated by Mike Malbro. Yes. It's also a uh, celebrated author in his own right. Yeah, an Uh, illustrator. He has a lot of uh, beautiful picture books, some that he's written himself, some that he's illustrated for other authors. Um, And it was... Uh, when Tracy, I met her for lunch one day in the city, I felt so fancy. <laughs> um, and uh, she had acquired the book, but uh, illustrator hadn't been assigned yet. And she had asked me, you know, do you have any ideas for an illustrator, which doesn't always happen. Like with my picture books, it's never happened. The editor just always knew right away who she wanted. Um, and I had seen Mike's work. We were in the same debut picture book club for I think he had Marigold Bakes a Cake was his debut picture book. And I had seen his work for his portfolio for like older stuff too. And I always saw in the back of my mind, his work would go so well with Warren and Dragon, but I hadn't thought much of it because usually you don't get to make a suggestion. But when she asked, I was like, yes, I do have a suggestion. (laughs) And I gave her his name. And I think when I went back home, I texted him like, are you okay that I gave your name for this chapter book? Because I didn't even know if he'd be interested in chapter books. And he's so nice. He's like, yeah, sure. You know, why not? And then I heard later, you know, that um, they made an offer and he accepted. So um, this has been an incredible interview. Uh, Do you have any other suggestions that you want to share for authors, aspiring authors, um, you have a wonderful way with words. Oh, thank you. And, and, and you take subjects that other writers have dealt with and you give it your own imprint. Um, I'm in awe. Thank, thank you so much for, for joining me. Um, some last pieces of advice you want to share. 
You know, I'm guessing that your listeners have heard the usual great, great nuggets of, you know, critique partners, um, make a world of difference. And, um, you know, there's so much out there for free that you can find. Um, I think I would, something that I try to remember that's not always easy to remember is just to kind of be your own fan in a way, because it's, you never know, um, you never know if you're going to get an agent or get published, or if you do get published, if you'll get a good review, there's all these steps along the way where you can get some sort of um, disappointment, you know, and it's, and I guess I would just say, like, there's a reason you're doing this, there's a reason you're persisting. And to give that, you know, it, it can be hard, but if you can somehow, you know, find it within yourself to be positive about your own work, it just makes it, it's really important because like, I, I have read so many manuscripts that haven't been published that I've thought the world of. I thought if I was an editor, I would want this. Grab this. Yeah. You know what I mean? And there's just, yeah. it doesn't mean anything necessarily bad about your writing and certainly nothing bad about you as a person. And that it happens to like all but, writers. But, but how, how do you feel like um, as someone who who went in without too many rejections, too much angst? Um, perhaps do you ever, do you ever get rejected these days? Now oh my god! Famous? Yeah, I've had so many rejections. Uh, definitely. Oh my goodness. Um, yes. <laughs> yeah. It's and I just have to remember like you know, maybe this manuscript wasn't right for whatever reason, and maybe it could have been a better manuscript, you know, and I understand that, but I still have something in me to keep going and try so, again. So, yeah, yeah, so everybody, so everybody, Ariel Brinsky yeah. gets rejected. Yeah, yes. So if she gets rejected, you can get rejected too. Um, I, I, was, yeah. I was just thinking, I was like making a mental note like you did with the red balloons, um, that a when you get rejected, don't get dejected. Yeah, and it's okay to sit in that. And like, it's totally normal. I think it's probably good to like feel a little sad about it, you know? Um, but just, I, I would hope it wouldn't, if you love writing and, you know, just don't let it stop you. Um, just be your just be your own fan and know that you've you've got, like there's something there. There's a reason you're doing it. That's lovely. Be your own yeah. fan. Yeah. And but, I, you, but, you, but you also have to be your own critic, right? Yes. Yes. It's you definitely want to know. Um, there, There's always not. I mean, sometimes you feel like, OK, my my manuscript's ready to go on query or something. But if you ever get a suggestion, it doesn't mean you have to take it. But think about it. Really think about it, because you never know when it's going to make your manuscript better. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. And uh, any last thoughts? <laughs> here's here's my granddaughter Hi, Hello. whose name is ariel i ariel. love your name <laughs> shalom she says shalom shalom oh, no, i second. just really enjoyed talking with you mel this has been great well it's been wonderful talking to you too i've uh I've been trying to get hold of you for years, but, um, you know, uh, you're doing so well. 
And I, I am just delighted. And I hope that when your next book comes out, we can do a follow-up. I would love that, definitely. Or maybe you can interview me if I ever get published in the United States. That sounds good. You have to you tell know, me how to do a podcast. But <laughs> you want? Uh, <laughs> I was going to offer you to take over for me when I <laughs> take over. Got it. <laughs> okay, so um, it's time to uh, say goodbye, uh, Ariel Bernstein. This was uh, Ariel Bernstein. Uh, this has been, or for us Israelis, Ariel Bernstein. Um, it's been remarkable uh, speaking to you, the author of so many incredible picture books and chapter books. And we're celebrating uh, the launch of your brand new book, You Go First. Yay. And uh, that's right. And um, thanks so much. And I, I'm just going to mention that I'm Mel Rosenberg, the host of the Children's Literature channel of the New Books Network. And it's been great fun. Thank you, Ariel. Thank you, Mel. Take care. Bye.